It is 1104. And uh, yeah, you had Natalie in the news just uh, hitting on President Biden's moonshot, uh, the cancer initiative. Uh, John Decker. White House correspondent, he is traveling with the president today, which is why he didn't join us at the onset of the show. He'll join us tomorrow to give us an update on the story. By the way, John had his uh, very first Sunday morning show across the country, Just the Facts, a half-hour Sunday morning show. And you can actually check it out, uh, Great TV, uh, if you uh, look for, for Decker's Just the Facts show. Uh, really well done. Really well done. And he was at the uh, U.S. Open as well. Shoot me some more good video on that uh, yesterday in advance of uh, traveling with the president today. All right. Uh, speaking of some stuff that's uh, going on, um, we have some better news on gas prices through the weekend. They continued lower now, three forty four per gallon. That's seven cents lower than a week ago. We're now at seven month lows. Seven month lows for the price of gas in Southeast Florida. Our price is ranging from an average low of three forty nine per gallon in Broward to an average of three sixty five on the high side in the Palm Beaches. And speaking about those better trends and the uh, the better trends in, in a long time, the vid as well. One of the narrative busters that we've got working right now. Remember a lot of the medical experts saying, "Hey, the kids are going to go back to school and there's going to be more COVID flying around." Well, not so far. I and mean, we've had kids in school. For uh, a month in some places at this point, and three weeks everywhere, and COVID-19 cases in Florida just hit the lowest levels since April. So, got some good news there. Now, one of the things, of course, we've been working on in this state, election integrity. And it's one of the things that uh, so many times over the years in discussing, it's been somewhat confounding. I, I will never understand why uh, it, it should be a political issue to have election integrity. And it's not just, uh, you know, a, a Trump argument or a conservative argument, election integrity. You can take a, take a look at things like uh, Harvard's Electoral Integrity Project that I pointed out many times over the years, where they say that we've been about the worst in the developed world in, tor- in terms of overall integrity in the process. So about this. Recent article in the Federalist, really well done. If we can enforce the Civil Rights Act of the 1960s, data retention requirements will be able to help restore confidence in our elections. That under the heading of to restore Americans' faith in elections, fix sloppy record keeping. Boy, that makes an awful lot of sense. And the uh, author of that article Also, the author of Gun Control Myths, How Politicians, the Media, and Botch Studies Have Twisted the Facts on Gun Control. An expert who has worked at the federal government in so many of these different areas, Dr. John Lott, joins us now. Uh, Dr. Lott, thank you for taking the time and also for your really well-done article. Tell us about election integrity and the reality on the ground. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah. I did this with uh, someone with the America First Policy Institute and the Crime Prevention Research Center. Uh, you know, you'd think it would be a pretty easy task. What we want to do is to see, match up the number of ballots counted in different precincts with the list of the number of people who voted. Uh, you'd like to believe that those two numbers would be the same. Obviously, there were a lot of accusations uh, in the 2020 election that 
you had ballots being counted multiple times or you had ballots being destroyed. If you had ballots being counted multiple times, you might end up with having more ballots counted than the list of people who voted. Or if the reverse happened, uh, you know, if you had ballots destroyed, then you'd have the reverse happen. Um, so we reached out to uh, the 100 most populous counties in the 14 swing states, which includes Florida, uh, and asked them uh, for a list of who voted in the election, essentially to get the number of people who voted by precinct uh, in the 2020 election. And unfortunately, 94 of those, uh, of those, priests, of those counties could not provide a list of who voted, couldn't even provide a number up for the number of people who voted. Uh, and uh, what appears to happen is that uh, they, you know, may have initially had a list, but almost immediately, like the day afterwards, they start making changes. And rather than keeping a file with the original list, they save it over when they make the list. And also, most bizarrely of all, uh, they don't have archives of their data. So anybody who's like an Apple computer, for example, and uses the time machine on it, knows that you can go back uh, and find uh, a file, you know, by hour, by day, you know, you know, two months ago, you can find out at 11 a.m. exactly what files you had on your computer in that form. But apparently, none of the places keep archives of, uh, of their data files back then. There are only six counties out of those hundred uh, which claim to have uh, know who actually voted on election day. It sounds uh, pretty absurd. I I agree. Two of them were in Florida, uh, so there are counties like Broward, for example, doesn't yeah. have a list. Uh, but D- Miami-Dade and Orange counties did. Uh, Miami-Dade didn't have it for all the precincts; they had it for eighty-eight of. Uh, uh, percent of the precincts in in the county they could tell you uh who voted but uh for just those uh the precincts that they did have it there was a gap of about 16,000 almost 17,000 votes uh, difference between the number of ballots counted and the number of people who voted in those precincts in Orange County, it was even worse. It was a gap of about 25,000. So between those two counties, just two counties in the state which maintained the records uh, or claimed that they maintained the records, uh, there was a total gap of about 42,000. Now, that's not going to have made a difference in the presidential election uh, in 2020, but obviously people in Florida can think of a number of recent elections which were decided by a lot less than that. So, oh, sure. For example. Oh, yeah. so, How much, know, just to, to, to kind of take that piece right there, Dr. Lott, how is that explainable? Or is, is there any kind of, of possible legitimate explanation with gaps like that? Well, there's really no good explanation. Uh, the most benign explanation is that uh, Miami-Dade and Orange County just really, just like the other counties, don't have a list of who actually voted. Uh, they may think they do, but somebody probably saved over the files there, too. Mm. Uh, so, but, you know, it's still bad in the sense that even they don't know who voted. Uh, 
The problem with that is that usually the changes are when people move or die, they remove from the list. And so you should have a situation where you have more ballots counted than people who voted. But the problem is uh, both of those counties have both occurring. They have uh, they have some precincts where that's true, but they also have some precincts where they have more voters listed as voting than they have ballots counted. And that that becomes harder to explain what's going on there uh, in, a, in a benign way. Uh, and the other possibilities aren't, are worse. The other possibilities are that they're actually uh, double counting or whatever, some ballots, uh, or they're, uh, they're destroying or losing some votes between when they're cast uh, and when they're finally counted. And this is explained in To Restore Americans' Faith in Elections, Fix Sloppy Record Keeping. This article, again, it's on The Federalist, and it's uh, definitely worth taking a look at. Do you have uh, any indication as to the election reforms that we've undertaken in Florida? Uh, you know, we've passed two laws over the past couple of years, whether that potentially could address this type of issue. Based upon my knowledge of the law, which is reasonably extensive, I'm not sure it does. I mean, look, there are lots of issues. This is only one one aspect of the problems. The types of laws that you all have passed deal with other problems that are there, yeah. uh, you know, about who votes and what have you. Uh, but this is saying once you vote, how accurately are they counting the votes that are there? And, uh, you know, the bottom line to me is uh, what I'd like to see is that all the states, uh, actually followed the 1960 Civil Rights Act. There was a reason why that got passed, because there was concerns about, you know, ballots being counted twice or destroyed or what have you. And so they wanted to keep a record of who actually voted and required that they had to keep all relevant records for federal elections for 22 months after the election. So they just have to follow federal law. And, and this is trivial. I mean, it's not like we're talking about something difficult. It's just when you have a file of who voted, just put it separate, rename it, say, you know, a uh, uh, list of voters who voted on November 3rd, 2020, or whatever it is, and then uh, create separate files later on. I mean, people know what we're talking about here. If you have an Excel file, for example, um, uh, just rename it rather than just when you make changes, uh, saving it with under the same name that you had originally. So it's just, um, but, uh, and, and look, uh, keeping this type of data is ve very low cost. I mean, we're not talking about massive files that are here uh, with the list of voters, uh, you know, and it's trivial cost for, uh, for them in just a you know, few seconds of time for them to rename the file uh, so that it's not saved over. Well, it's great that you have brought this to light, a whole other dynamic that we need to be dealing with as we're coming up on Election Day here in a couple months. Dr. John Lott, he is the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. And uh, again, the article, To Restore Americans' Faith in Elections, Fix Sloppy Record-Keeping Federalists. Uh, thank you so much for the time and the information. Really appreciate it. Thank you for being there. Appreciate it. Now we'll have Natalie in the trending story up next here on the Brian Mud Show. News Radio 610 WYOD. What once was